Hey everyone, and welcome to this special Soapbox edition of the Risky Business Podcast. My name's Patrick Gray. These Soapbox podcasts aren't the regular weekly Risky Business uh, podcast. To hear one of them, just scroll back one episode in your podcast player and you will hear that. Uh, these Soapbox editions are wholly sponsored, and that means everyone you hear in one of these shows paid to be here. And in this edition of this Soapbox, we're going to hear from one of our sponsors, Stairwell. Uh, Mike Wyasek and Eric Foster uh, from Stairwell are joining me for this conversation. Stairwell makes a product that collects and analyzes every executable file in your environment. Uh, well, that's what they were doing anyway. Uh, so you deploy file collectors to your systems and they forward all new files to Stairwell for manual and automated analysis. Uh, and you can do a lot of really cool analysis once you have all that stuff in the same place. And of course, they are still doing that. But as you'll hear, Stairwell is broadening the use cases for its platform. And to be a customer uh, of theirs soon, you won't need to plumb everything through uh, to all of your endpoints. You know, if you don't want to forward files from every system, uh, you don't have to. And, you know, let's face it, threat research teams can't really buy a product like this and say, put it on every endpoint. Uh, but, you know, it's still a really great analysis platform, even if you're not sending it absolutely everything. So they're kind of like building this thing more and more so that people can just use it as an analysis tool, submit samples to it, uh, analyze them and whatnot. So it's kind of like VirusTotal, but private and with a lot more bells and whistles that are sort of suited to that type of work. There's also a bunch of sharing tools in the platform, uh, which gives it almost a bit of a social network for CTI nerds uh, flavor. But anyway, here's Mike Wyasek, CEO and founder of Stairwell, to kick things off by talking about uh, how they've built out some you know, new and pretty fancy features. And from there, we get into future use case stuff. And the other voice you hear uh, is their business development uh, guy, uh, Eric Foster. But yes, here's Mike Wyasek. Enjoy. We play with data at scale. And so one of the things that like, you know, most people don't realize and we don't actually talk a whole lot about on our website is, you know, we have over a year now of fairly large passive DNS type data in the platform natively. And so one of the things I think we showed you when we did the video demo, my goodness, was that a year ago now already, I think? Um, it was a while ago. Um, it was a while ago, yeah. We had variant discovery. So we could say, hey, from this file, find me other files in my environment or in these malware feeds that are similar to it and extract out IOCs from those and go on and go on. You know, we're now able to, at least internally, not release publicly. And I'm not supposed to say I'm forward looking too much here, I guess, but let's do it. Um, you know, we're able to now take into account not only the artifacts and features and structure of the files, but also their network indicators, their IPs, their host names, their historical resolutions, and start linking things together like that as well. And so, you know, in a world where we're used to, you know, um, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess uh, you know, Eric used to work with uh, RiskIQ and, and Passive Total and stuff like that, where we're thinking about stuff like Farsight, Passive Total, Domain Tools, et cetera, you know, those are great platforms for being able to look up what are the historic resolutions of an IP address, so of a domain name, or what domains map to this IP address and get a list back. We have, you know, hundreds of billions of these resolutions in our platform right now that are just there. And it's like the full cross-reference of every file with every domain, with every IP address, and and on and on and on. That when you, you know, this is almost kind of, you know, my, you know, uh, you know, what, 14 years at Google DNA, 
baked into what we're doing at Stairwell, where it's not just API lookups to get resolutions. No, no, no. It's the cross product of every file with every resolution and cross-reference multiple times. Yeah. So, so here's a question for you, right? Can you foresee a time when you're going to turn some of this data into something that's accessible to customers that aren't running Stairwell themselves? You know, like, are you going to spin this off into like a virus total competitor, basically, is what I'm asking here. <laughs> I just asked, I just asked the question, didn't I? You asked a question. Um, so, you know, one no, of the I asked the is, question. <laughs> so one of the things is we just sponsored, um, we were one of the sponsors of Sentinel One had LabsCon in Scottsdale a few weeks ago. We were one of the sponsors for that. And um, which by the way, to, to interject, like absolutely amazing conference and something people should absolutely look up. Like if you're in this space and LabsCon isn't on your radar, like you should absolutely consider that for next year. It was, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's for me, it's one of the highlights of the year in just in terms of super high quality presentations, presenters, the group there and hallway chats are just astronomically uh, invaluable. Um, but we gave every one of the attendees individual access to stairwell for, for free. And it was kind of, you know, a virtual uh, swag gift bag type thing uh, for them. There's nothing for them to have, but they can access it. And so for them, they are able to come in and upload their private files if they choose to, if they just want to use Yara rules over our platform um, and do threat hunting over our file corpus. Uh, so you're already doing this. Yeah, we're kind of already doing that. <laughs> yeah. You're giving away the accounts in show bags at, uh, at conferences. But like, is there going to be a time when someone can roll up with a credit card number and just say, yeah, I'd like to play around? It's a great <laughs> idea, Patrick. It's, it's something we've definitely been thinking about for sure. Um, yeah, right. You know, and we, we've seen a lot more inquiries for this kind of functionality because, you know, some people have come to us because we are effectively private malware analysis, you know, that doesn't expose that malware analysis. So to this the is, internet. this is why I was asking, because when we were talking yes. earlier, you were talking about how you can tag malware to certain families and like, you know, you've built in an interface to help you do all of the clustering and a lot of automation around doing the clustering. And I'm thinking, well, I know a lot of ML people around there and some of the tools they're using to do that are quite ad hoc. So just right. from a workflow optimization perspective, like this would be useful to threat researchers. And then I'm like, well, is every single threat researcher going to be an enterprise customer feeding files automatically into this thing? Or are you going to start selling accounts? And, right. you know, the idea that you could do, you know, can you do like private tags just in your own account? Yeah. You absolutely can. Yeah, and, and that's that, you can, one of our fundamental concepts is everything you're doing in stairwell can be private and unique to you. We did launch just so we were a sponsor of FSI SAC uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, and uh, launched a information sharing community. Um, you know, we demoed it obviously for FSI SAC, and the idea was like building a real easy interface into the product where like if you had a malware sighting or a Yara rule or something else that you wanted to share with the community, you can now literally like one click share it with a sharing community that you've defined right there in the product. So like, a, I mean, geez, what was Facebook's thing that was trying to do this years ago? You remember what I'm talking about, right? I remember. I do. I, I remember. I can't, I can't remember, remember what it was called, but yeah. Yeah, because uh, they had a they had a red hot go at at sort of creating something that was a cross between a social network and a you know threat sharing platform. I can't remember what happened to it. I'm very sorry. There's probably people either who loved it or hated it who are yeah, seething with rage exchange. hearing me say this. But what was it? 
Threat Exchange. Threat Exchange, yeah. Is it still a thing? Um, there's still a page on the internet that says get started with Threat Exchange. <laughs> I've yeah. just got um, to jump in there real quick and say, if you worked on Threat Exchange and you want to try and take it to the next level, you know, we are hiring. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess like, you know, I've, you know, I've, it's becoming clear from this conversation that, you know, really you want to make Stairwell a tool for threat researchers as well as just enterprises that want to analyze their own files. I think, I mean, absolutely. But I think one of the, the, the most important things to think about is like threat research has always kind of been a nice to have, not a need to have. And it's also mm. been something that's been relegated to the FANG companies of the world, the top 10 big banks. It's been relegated well, and the to companies these... and, and security companies that offer it as a service, right? It, exactly. It's, it's, it's been, it's been an ivory tower, if you will. And I, and I think one of the, one of the challenges is I've been in enough meetings with, you know, uh, information sharing with government agencies and, and companies and so forth over time where, you know, I, I remember a meeting once where, um, this is back when there was NKIC, if that was a thing people remember. That was part of US. It was part of US CERT before I think you know uh, CISO was the the common acronym. Um, but like they passed a, it was a private meeting. They passed around a bunch of IOCs for something, and like literally almost everyone in the room was kind of sitting like, "You gave me a list of domains and IPs. What do I do with this?" And you realize it's like it's not necessarily obtaining the data. It's how do I leverage this information to know if I have a problem or not, you know? And, and, and I think as tools have gotten better, it's gotten easier. Um, but fundamentally what you realize is the true thing when you find like a, 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 a top tier threat researcher is they don't just take a host name and say it's done. They'll go map through passive DNS sources. They'll try and find secondary or tertiary names related to that, samples related to those things. They'll try and map out what was this because any threat report that you get from a vendor or provider or feed isn't ever I've never seen one to be exhaustive and conclusive, right? Yeah, this it's is not. Something... Com they're not complete, right? And they're you and I have complete. talked about that before, which is when you've got, uh, you know, you've seen threat reports land, you grab a hash, stick it into stairwell, and say, "Do we have this?" Yes. Okay, show me similar stuff, and it, you know, from there you're you're able to expand it out a bit, right? Yeah, and this is kind of tying it back. I mean, this is kind of what I was trying to explain earlier, and probably wasn't doing a good enough job on. I'm like automating components of malware reverse engineering or looking at these kind of threats, right? It's it's those ties that Mike is talking about that goes beyond just the like, oh, sandbox this and run the import hash and like, you know, look at these other things. It's like walking these chains. Um, speaking of walking the, the chains, one of the things that you uh, reminded me of, Mike, that like just blew my mind when I saw it on the product was um, like, I look at me, you know, we, we're very Yara centric, big fans of Yara as this, you know, as the obvious Swiss army knife to like detect malware and to investigate files and stuff. And, um, you know, literally looking in the product, figuring out that a bunch of Yara rules are matching on a bunch of IP addresses that, you know, as Mike has talked about, we've really focused on enhancing a lot of IP and DNS info. And I'm like, but there's nothing, it, and, and I'm looking at the Yara rule, and I'm like, what the heck am I missing here? It's literally just looking for, in this case, like coin miner strings. And it's like, you know, literal strings that were seen in coin miners. And I'm like, why in the world is this matching these IP addresses or domain names? And I, like, Mike, I, I think we got a bug here or something. And Mike's like, oh, no, we built this so that it's walking the chain of 
the analysis from this Yara rule is matching this binary and that binary is communicating to these IP addresses or these host names. And so I'm just walking that chain for you automatically. So now this Yara rule matches that IP address. And I mean, just literally blew my mind of something that I would have had to do, you know, massively manually to pivot through the, okay, yeah, now I've found this binary with this Yara rule and now I'm reverse engineering that or sandboxing it to find these IPs and domain names. But now like being able to then just cut through that chain vice, you know, or vice versa, right? Obviously like writing a Yara rule that is grabbing an IP address and then going, oh yeah, here's all the binaries that are talking to that IP address just by executing that Yara rule has been a really interesting development for yeah, us. Look, 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 look. It's really clear from this conversation that you're planning to launch something that basically competes with VT, right? And it's also clear that you absolutely did not plan to say that when we sat down to have this interview, which is always my favorite moment doing these because this you'd be surprised how often this happens, right? Um, I, I, I but mean, I guess I think that's I think that's you being really great at your job, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But I guess I guess the question is, you know, like I I'm not a VT user, right? But I do get the sense that perhaps it 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 you know has it failed to keep up with the times a bit. I guess that's what I'm wondering. I mean, Mike, you worked there, right? So, yeah. I mean, I mean, in in, uh, in a sense, I was I, I was the I sponsored the acquisition of VT. By I mean, Google. you were the CEO, right? Of, uh, I wasn't the CEO. Um, they, no? I, they, what they, were you? They, I can't they reported what to me, I guess, back in the day. Um, I think VT is a. But you were you were running you were running Google's security. Oh God, it got so complicated. It yeah. hurts my head. I I started was... tag at Google and then yeah. um in that in the that threat analysis group. yeah threat analysis yeah. group and then in the in that hat um uh kind of spearheaded the um Google's acquisition of Aristotle. Um, and then you like... became then you became Chronicle. Yes. What was your title at Chronicle? I was a co-founder, chief security officer of Chronicle. Okay, co-founder and chief security officer, and then Google acquired it back. Yes. Yes, okay. So you yes. did have some involvement and authority over, over VT. Yes. Um, My, Mike is literally the guy that bought VirusTotal for yep. Google. And yep. much like Cisco's acquisition of Splunk, it came, you know, Mike was trying to negotiate a license with VirusTotal and it was just easier to buy the whole company than to yeah. like sign Google has a lot of license. paperwork to acquire, to buy software. So it's easier to buy the company. I'm just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the, but what's the, you know, I guess my, you know, I'm wondering what are you going to be able to deliver? You know, does VirusTotal not currently deliver these types of features is the question. I, I mean, so VirusTotal, um, for the most part is a public community based, uh, uh, file sharing thing that, you know, look, first off, I, I won't say anything negative about the team there. Bernardo and Emiliano and, and the, and the virus total guys are, um, top tier people, super smart. Um, and they've built something that I think has been like the backbone of a lot of security info sharing, at least the malware level for my oh geez now, like maybe 15 years or so. I don't know the exact date it started, but it's, it's been a while. So I, th I think that they're, they're, they're a fantastic team. I think, you know, over time, Virus Total, I don't know. I, I don't know if they've necessarily kept up with what their users actually need or want. You know, mm. there was a there was a change recently that um, Virus Total has a feature called Retro Hunt, where you can put in YAR rules and then search over the last ninety days of their corpus if you're a certain tier of user, and I think a year if you're an upper tier is how they productized it since I've been gone, and 
you bought a certain number of retro hunts. And if you put five rules into a retro hunt, that was one retro hunt. And they changed recently that if you put five rules in one hunt, it counts as five hunts. And so you quickly burn down your quota. To me, that that's a change I would never have supported as as a user, right? So one of the, when I did Chronicle, for example, um, people said, should we charge per search? If we're going to ingest your logs, should we charge customers per search? And one of the, the bully pulpits I would stand on as a co-founder was no, like um, you disincentivize people using your product if you nickel and dime daily usage of it. Um, you know, I said like, even if I were to go to you, Patrick, and say like, hey, you doing a Google search, assuming you use Google search, doing a Google search costs you half of a cent per search. Um, that would alter your behavior of how you use it. Even if it was such a small amount of money that it was imperceptible to your lifestyle, even if it came out to $5 a month, it would change how you used it. Cause you're like, this costs me something now. And so when you start creating things like that, where you're like, Hey, it's going to cost you an extra $30 to run this YAR rule over the last 90 days of files. I don't know what the actual number is, but when you start thinking about it like that, um, it changes how often you use it because you're like, hey, if I have a quota, I have a fixed budget, I might need something more important tomorrow, so I'm not going to do that. And so what that does is that that changes it. Now, it might be good for uh, the bottom line of, of Google as a, as a business there, and, and that's their decision. They're free to run their business however they want. But when I start thinking about like how our users want to use Yara, how they want to use the platform, look, putting quotas in and and putting limitations on because you're effectively operating almost as a like a Bloomberg terminal or LexisNexis terminal where you're charging per search or per minute that you're on time, it alters how people perceive the value of your product. And so one of the things that we've been really adamant with with Stairwell is you're a Stairwell customer. We have your data. We have data from feeds. You should use it. We want you to use it. And so we've tried to do some really smart stuff of like, how do we, you know, if you think about running a YAR scan, it takes a lot of compute time. How do we actually make that more cost effective? And so we've been doing a lot of work on optimizing YAR across our distributed clusters that we run. Um, we hit a we hit a point, right? It was literally the day uh, LabsCon started because I was on a plane and I had the team um, back 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 on the home front. We were doing a brute test of YAR, like how fast could we get it if we turn on all the things we've been building and optimizations. And we were running Yara at 390 gigabytes per second scanned. And when you start thinking about like, we're almost to the point where we're doing half a terabyte a second of scanning Yara and scanning files. You know what? Like, I don't care. You want to run Yara rules. Let's run Yara rules. You know, we're going to blow through your files. If you're an organization on Sarawal as a platform, we're going to blow through your files, not in hours, but like literally you're talking minutes at the high end if we're running mm. with that level of service. So it's like, you know what? I don't want to charge you extra money. I just want you to pay me a fair price and we're going to offer you something that you're not going to get anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when's this happening? <laughs> this is so funny, by the way, because I keep asking them these questions and the look on their faces, which is like, this is absolutely not what they're supposed to be talking about. Anyway, I'll ask you again in a couple of months, man. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think asking in a couple of months, like it, it's one of those things like, you know, um, I don't think we, I don't, in honesty, I don't think we sat down and we have a master plan yeah. to, to deal with virus total or think about virus total as anything more than another player in the security space. I think what's happening though, is when people are 
you know, we go to events like LabsCon, we do demos for individual researchers to get feedback. Because one of the things that we often say- Well, and I imagine the feedback was, geez, I'd love to be able to have an account, poke around. I don't want to put, you know, user agents on every single box in our enterprise, but I'd sure love an account and to be able to do some of the work and analyze some of the files that we surface different other ways. I mean, I'm guessing that was the feedback, right? I mean, You you got it, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. I think from individual researchers, they don't have the authority to think about putting stuff on machines. They just want to be able to yeah. do their threat research. And so we're like, yeah, let's, here, go use it, right? Like, yeah, but occasionally, occasionally a binary is still going to land on their desk from some other team bingo. and they're going to go, what's this, right? Yep. And, um, you know, you could throw it at VT and, you know, and you could throw it into a sandbox and say, well, it connects to these IPs and has a keylogger in it. But I understand what you mean. If you want to start, you know, doing some of that correlation and being able to tag it and say, well this malware looks a little bit similar to malware that's made by this APT group. I mean, you know, that's that's valuable stuff. Right. And then, yeah, find, finding that and comparing components of that against the literally 600 million unique files that we've got in our corpus of other malware and known good, mm. it, it actually drives me to a point that, you know, like Patrick, you mentioned like almost different offerings here from stairwell like we've had customers buy us one of the things that surprised me like they're you know big enterprise name you would recognize that bought us for the first place literally just to write better yara rules because being able to write exactly and back test it against a corpus of 600 million files to go all right here's all the known good and all the known bad and I'm going to write Yara rules and backtest it against all of that and tune it down to go, oh, yeah, okay, now I've got a rule that I know is really great at finding APT29 or finding whatever the specific methodology that they're looking for and then using that and then loading the Yara rules into other platforms. Like that was their primary use case. And then to your point, they also figured out that like, wait, we can use this like a virus total, except it's completely private. It's not everything I share is going to everybody else. And, oh, I don't have to wire up the API integration to feed all the stuff to it. I can literally just put this little piece of software on a machine where I put all my samples and it just auto-ingests them all. And yeah, auto- that's funny. It's like having a Google Drive directory, but for yeah, it, malware. Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. I mean, it's like, and it's you, like, can, it's... you know, you can restrict it down to that too and go like, oh, just pull the files from this one directory that's my Google Drive of malware. It's a, it's yeah, a malware yeah. Dropbox in some sense if you think <laughs> about it like that. I mean, that's how that's how oh, people that's ask, funny. like, what is the concept? I'm like, if you're familiar, think about Google Drive client installed on Windows or a Dropbox client installed locally. That's literally how you can think about us. It's just, you know, mm. instead of a folder, it's executables more broadly. Um, but you can limit it to just one folder, not your suspicious trash can. Just throw stuff in there and you know it gets sucked up and monitored, which is actually, you know, I use it like that myself. So of the researchers and people at these conferences that you gave access to, are they using it? I mean, you would be you would be being oh, yeah. creepy and watching them and, you know, seeing I mean, if they're doing I, stuff. I mean, one of the things that we've done is we've actually kind of exploited the, the shareability of the platform with them. So in that sense, like each person got their own tenant, if you think about it like that, where they have their mm. own private stuff. But then we created a LabsCon alumni group effectively and now using some of the functionality. It's like a, that, something between a social network and a Slack channel. Kind where of, they can, yeah. Where they, yeah, someone yeah. could say like, I have a sample, share it. And it gets shared as a virtual feed with all the other people who are like LabsCon. So you kind of have this really cool uh, community aspect to it as well. But it's not everything. It's just what people choose to share with the larger group. Um, obviously, that's probably not a scalable thing. You couldn't go do that at like DEF CON or Black Hat and have, you know, 700,000 yeah. people. Um all, all, all sharing like all that. All spamming goatsy to each other. 
<laughs> that's what would happen, and you know it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but like, in, but in that sense, like you know, that's why it's like having for a smaller conference like that. That was like super exciting. But you have we had some researchers. There's one researcher who came online and he said, "How much can we upload?" And we said, "Well, how much do you want to upload?" And they said. I have like 40 terabytes of malware I've collected over the years. Can I go drop that in there? And I was like, sure. I mean, like, that's kind of crazy. But that's, that'd be, a, I mean, I bet there's a few things in there you don't have. Yeah. Right? I'm like, this is going to be fun. So <laughs> go for it. And they, it's kind of like, it's kind of like collecting Pokemon in a way, really with malware <laughs> at this level. Right. Like, oh yeah. I mean, like, in that sense, he even, he, he in particular even said like, if you guys want to hunt through it, I don't care. Go for it. See if you find, let me know if you find anything. And um, there have been cases where we've been testing some of our newer variant discovery stuff where they've come to us and they said, hey, can you try your new stuff on this file? And we're like, yeah, sure. And we've actually uncovered new variants that he wasn't aware of in his own corpus of stuff. And so yeah. you're absolutely right. That, 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 that flywheel nature of this, it makes it really exciting to play in. Um, but the key thing is that wasn't not a that's not like the main uh, business intent, right? The main business intent is to help companies organize and uh, operationalize threat intelligence and bring it downstream. How do I get that tier one SOC analyst to do the job of what, as, as Eric says, a tier three reverse engineer would be doing? How do, we, how do we bring that down so that every security team, whether your security team is one or two people or, or 200 people, um, we up-level everyone. You know, we kind of, we, we rebranded our website lately. We, we went with a different uh, way of thinking about it. And one of the things that we did was focused on, you know, security superheroes. Because it's not like, you know, a lot of security companies, I think they amplify the coolness of the bad guy. And I said, like, who talks about, like, you know, really trying to amplify the position of empowered defenders, about empowered people who are, can be taken from that tier one to a tier three because they have the right tool. Um, yeah. And, and that's how but, I mean, I it sounds like, it sounds like the plan is less about, you know, the future of the company is, I mean, obviously you're always going to have the people who are going to plumb stuff through, right. Uh, put agents on boxes and auto populate, you know, their stairwell tenants, but it sounds like, you know, you're probably going to have more numerous customers using it in a different way. I, I think, you know, as much as it's a cliche, I think there's an XDR story here too. Um, it, it, you know, whatever you think of that term, you know, the attack surface has obviously gone from beyond just endpoints to, you know, the network layer to the cloud layer. And, um, you know, we've got a existing network version of stairwell um, that we've developed in partnership with, um, you know, one of the leading uh, network traffic analysis companies, uh, Corelight. So we've got a, you know, yeah, stairwell. Yeah, they're a customer of ours too. I love those guys. Yeah, yeah lo love those guys. And so we've got a stairwell for Corelight where you can, you know, use Corelight's out-of-band NTA to carve files off the wire and subject them to stairwell analysis. And then we've got, by very, very popular demand, we've got a stairwell cloud coming out uh, very, very soon. We'll, I think the first piece of that that we'll release is a, you know, specifically optimized for Kubernetes type environment because we've seen a lot of people, you know, moving more into cloud security, but so much of it has been almost cloud posture management and cloud configuration yeah. management versus like true, I'm going to detect actual attacks and actual bad things at the cloud. And so 
we, you know, literally like we were talking earlier, you know, this is one of those great kind of roadmap items that come from a customer where they're like, yeah, we wired up, you know, cause everything we do in stairwells API first. So it's like, we wired up using your API to submit, you know, grabbing files from these Kubernetes instances that we stood up and we didn't want to just go ahead and deploy the stairwell agent onto them. It's just easier to just, you know, we wired up the, the files coming in and out to submit them through the API. And it's like, I, I see what you're getting yeah. at, which is that, you know, the initial rollout of stairwell is like files from every box in the enterprise. And now it's like, well, just use the API, use an agent, do it however you want. But the product is more about, you know, the actual analysis than just collecting everything. You, you got it exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, and eventually if you go with the white right distribution and, you know, we're also looking at, I think some really key enterprise partnerships to get a lot of these, you know, collection side as well. So like we've got a, really strong partnership right now with Tanium where, you know, you don't have to install the stairwell agent or Well, you know, that gets software. you a lot of US FedGov, right? Because they're hey. quite big there. Oh, for sure. So, you yeah. know, they've got a nice collection of customers where for those guys where it matters quite a bit to be able to click a button inside Tanium and say, oh yeah, go ahead and collect those files and submit them to stairwell for analysis becomes really interesting. And we've got existing partnerships with CrowdStrike and with Sentinel-1 where you can do that but it's a little more limited in the way that it works. Um, you know, by the, the way that they see the world, they don't consider a world where every file on the box could be interesting to you. You know, they're like, well, no, we mm. detected this. And so we can send it to stairwell. And it's like, yeah, but we also want to see all the things that you didn't detect. And we want to, we want to know about all of the things. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up there guys. Uh, Eric Foster, Mike Wyasek, uh, thank you so much for joining me for that, uh, for that conversation. It was very interesting. Patrick, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Always good to be here. That was Mike Wyasek and Eric Foster there from Stairwell. Big thanks to them for that. And you can find them at stairwell.com. And that is it for this edition of The Soapbox. I do hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back in a couple of days with more security news and analysis. But until then, I've been Patrick Gray. Thanks for listening.